državljandi, podcast za aktivne državljane. Morning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the final uh, podcast, uh, Citizen D podcast episode of 2020. Uh, we have yet to see if we're gonna survive the jump into 2021, but uh, fingers crossed. Um, since we're covering uh, very heavy topics on, on this podcast, uh, you probably heard the episode about uh, surveillance tech, you probably heard about uh, the algorithms, the, the scam in the online ad market. Uh, we decided that we're going to take it easy for the last episode of, of 2020. Uh, we're not going to any any major any major uh, uh, topic. Uh, we're just going to just going to head down south to to Belgrade uh, to talk to Danilo Krivokapic, uh, the director of Share Foundation, about a very Christmassy subject, and that is the 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 smart city surveillance or the the city surveillance by by foreign by foreign companies. Uh, welcome, Danilo. Um, your um, your NGO, uh, Share Foundation, recently started a campaign called Millions of Cameras. And as I understand, you're planning to set up a million cameras all around the Belgrade to celebrate the New Year's, right? Uh, hi, Domen. Uh, good morning, and thank you for inviting me. Uh, well, it's still not a million of cameras, but uh, it's thousands of cameras at okay. the moment. Uh, hopefully, we won't get to millions of cameras. Yes, uh, uh, in Belgrade, we al already have more than a thousand of uh, uh, smart cameras uh, with uh, facial recognition technology. And this is the project that our Minister of Police uh, started with the Chinese company Huawei. Uh, so at the beginning of 2019, we, we found out about this through uh, media. Uh, our minister just uh, announced that uh, our government uh, procured uh, this uh, newest technology uh, and that the whole city will be covered with cameras, the whole Belgrade. And of course, uh, that this amazing uh, facial recognition technology is procured. And uh, the, the most interesting thing about this announcement is that they were actually bragging about this. So they were not uh, at all thinking about, can this maybe impact some human rights or is this something that our society wants? They were just like, okay, listen to this. We have, we have bought the best technology that we, that we can buy at the moment. And uh, since then, uh, this uh, project really started implementing in Belgrade, so uh, uh, we tried to understand what is happening. We sent many uh, freedom of information requests to Ministry of Police. They declined all of all of those. They didn't. They still haven't uh, told us how much this costs or uh, specifics about technology they procured. So we had to organize. So my organization, Share Foundation, together with uh, other organization activists started this initiative, thousands of cameras, and we started uh, fighting against this. So there are several ways how we can uh, fight this, uh, a legal fight, uh, raising awareness. We also started mapping uh, uh, cameras around the city. So because uh, our ministry is not transparent. Uh, citizens started to take pictures of cameras, uh, 
put it on Twitter with hashtag Hiljade Camera or Thousands of Cameras. And uh, at the moment, we already mapped uh, more than thousands of cameras uh, on more than 450 locations in Belgrade. And uh, this is still ongoing process, so still citizens are uh, letting us know that in their neighborhood uh, these cameras are installed. And yes, uh, from what we heard, uh, there is the the plan is to implement more than 8,000 of cameras. Some of mm -hmm. them will be these cameras on, on poles, some of them will be body cams, some vehicle cameras, but these are all the cameras that will actually be part of one big system, a centralized system where this technology can, can be used. When you when you were talking to the authorities, what was their um, <clears throat> main, let's say, selling point for this kind of uh, establishment of, of, of this kind of level of surveillance? Uh, yes, well, it's interesting that you say when we talk to authorities, so this is like one-way street. <laughs> so we try to talk with authorities, we send mm -hmm. many requests, we try to start some public debate, but they are they were not willing to really explain why this is important so of course there is this selling point that this is good for real security reasons and blah 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 like whenever you use some kind of surveillance technology it's always about of course security and safety but they were not really specific so uh, i don't know i mean i think that your citizens probably know that belgrade is uh, relatively safe city, we didn't have any major terrorist attacks, uh, organized crime is not influencing our daily lives. So, I mean, people are, I, I would say, feel pretty relaxed walking on the streets. And uh, it's really amazing that suddenly when you live in city like this, somebody thinks that it's necessary, you know, that suddenly you cover the whole city with these cameras and, and buy this kind of software. So I, I would say this, they still didn't explain to us uh, why why this is necessary for, for the safety of our citizens. Okay. Um, so my next question would be, why Belgrade? I mean, what's so, what's so special about uh, Belgrade that uh, the Huawei chose this city for, for its... Uh, uh, camera project yeah this is interesting uh, question we thought about it a lot F from what we know uh, which was actually the Huawei statement on their official website is that uh, actually our government uh, was the first one to, to reach them regarding this topic and this is the story there was this um, uh, um, case really interesting in 2014 in Belgrade. It was a hit and run case. One, uh, one uh, young person died on the, in the city of Belgrade on the bridge. Somebody hit him with a car and ran away. And for months, uh, the, our police tried to find this person. And uh, somehow they got the info that this person is in China. So they sent his picture to Chinese authorities and the legends say in less than two days this person was identified in China using this facial recognition technology. And this is like the click for our government that when they were like, okay, this is so amazing, we have to buy this technology. And this is how this uh, project started. So this is one, let, let, let's say, uh, point of view, why, why, how this all started. And the second thing is, 
the specific position of Belgrade and Serbia. So we are uh, EU candidate country, but we are also trying all the time, you know, uh, how, how would I say this? Uh, always playing with Russians and Chinese and Americans and EU. So, I mean, uh, it, I think uh, this is, we are the really interesting place for Huawei to start, you know, um, some kind of, you know, influence in this region. So I would say for them, it was not so difficult to to make this kind of kind of deal. So, yeah, it's interesting because it seems that Belgrade is going to be the first city in Europe that will be completely covered with cameras with facial recognition facial recognition technology. So this is unprecedented, uh, let's say, west of Belgrade. This is normalized in China, but west of Belgrade, this is this is not the case. Mm. Do you think the, the your case, I mean, the case of, of Belgrade city could or or will be used as a as a selling point with uh, Huawei moving further uh, um, further to the to the west, let's say to I don't know Croatia, Slovenia, Austria, and and such. Well, I certainly hope not. I mean, I don't know what uh, Huawei you know business plans are, but it could definitely be used as as a selling point because Belgrade is the center of this region and and definitely could be used for this. The the main thing about this is that. Uh, uh, for, I'm, I'm a lawyer, so from my perspective, implementation of technology uh, like in this matter, like in Belgrade, is completely opposite to legal framework regarding uh, data protection in in EU, but also in Serbia. So, uh, just to be the clear, in order to implement this kind of technology, it needs to be necessary in, and proportionate in democratic society. I, I think it's really difficult to, you know, prove that it's really necessary and proportionate, you know, to to have such a master and let me say biometrics surveillance system because you know you can maybe leave your phone at home and say okay government will not track me now but or companies but you cannot leave your face at home you know so i'm just thinking that uh, uh, there is a lot of thing that we can do uh, regarding a legal framework to fight this because we as a society decided that we don't want uh, to to make our societies uh, in a way that we don't free in uh, feel free in public spaces so yeah oh. this is going to be our fight to say okay this is not this was not the deal you know we decided that we want to protect our human rights in, in public spaces not the other way around so yeah i think you, there are some interesting years ahead of us regarding this this issue mm. If we if we now expand the, the debate about the implementation of technology and focus on the on the political issue that is basically attached to to tech, uh, how is the uh, Huawei and and the whole uh, Belgrade uh, camera um, project uh, perceived by by local politicians? Is that like an issue that is being debated, let's say, in the parliament or in in the in the um, um, let's say the the city uh, authorities, 
Or is this still something that, you know, everybody agrees with because it's Huawei, it's tech, it's the future, it's, you know. Uh, yeah, interesting question. I mean, there were not so, so much debate about it. As I say, uh, at the moment uh, in Serbia, there is not a lot of uh, po political debates. Uh, we had elections. Now we don't even have uh, opposition in the parliament. So... In a way, what the main party says, it, it's happening. So on the highest level, we didn't have this type of debates. But there are several layers that I want to tackle now. The first thing is, from our perspective as a digital rights organization or human rights organization, we are not so concerned that this is a Chinese technology. So we would be equally concerned if we maybe bought some American tech or... EU tech or even our own. I mean, uh, in this sense, we are more, let's say, afraid of our government that we are afraid of uh, a Chinese government. So this is this is the first thing. But we we what we see problematic is the patterns. So it's not about technology. It's the uh, it's how you use technology. You know. So. Uh, the way the Chinese society is using technology to surveil its citizen, this is this is problematic for us uh, in this sense. And now if we go to this uh, geopolitical uh, issues and, you know, this now war between US and China and their, you know, war tech war, this is also going to be interesting issue. Uh, we, and this is completely interesting because we, we have this, you know, uh, issue with Kosovo and you know all this negotiation and uh, just I think two months ago uh, right before American election there was this uh, Washington agreement where uh, Kosovo and Serbia signed this agreement with President Trump and it was mostly around Kosovo issues but also there was this article uh, regarding 5G network where both of our representatives agree that they won't implement 5G technologies with uh, uh, with vendors that are not, you know, uh, I, I, I don't I remember the word, but it was something that actually they thought about Huawei. So our government signed this. So uh, I think that it is going to be uh, really interesting to see how this will go because this is going to be at the end some high political decision. Are you going uh, with China or Americans in, in this war? Because I don't think you can, you know, uh, play with them for uh, much more. Because mm. the, the reason I'm asking is exactly because you already mentioned the dynamics between the East and the West. And we saw in 2020 that the the, the U.S. and also Europe, European Union, um, let's say, hardened their stance uh, against against Huawei and against against China tech. We recently saw in in the U.S. Um, uh, the presidential order that uh, telecoms have to physically rip out technology that was uh, provided by or is provided by Huawei. We can see not as hard stances in European Union, but also uh, European Union states deciding against or problematizing um, um, uh, Huawei tech. And we also saw again on, on let's say, the, the Chinese side reports about Huawei tech being used for um, 
for human rights crimes, for surveilling of the Muslim minority in, in, in China and so on. Um, how do you see the role or how do you see the, the place of, let's call it the regional, like the Balkans in, in, this, uh, in, this, uh, in this situation? I mean, not only Belgrade, not only Serbia, but generally this region that is in a way torn apart between the EU and, and, and the, the, non, <laughs> the non-EU part of the world. Well, I, I, at the moment I see it as a, a playground for these uh, big countries in, in this war, because it's, it's a perfect place to, to see how, how far you can go uh, with this issue and, and this is why precisely why belgrade is maybe the first city uh, in, in europe where this type of technology will be implemented so we can see uh, so maybe huawei can see how far they can go and as i said i'm not big expert on you know geopolitics and this is not my field of expertise my uh, what i'm mostly concerned about is uh, how this technology will be used by those who have a power over us in Serbia, and this is our government. So, as I said, uh, I think that it's super important to uh, understand what we as a region uh, have agreed upon. So, we are we signed uh, Convention of Human Rights, uh, we signed Convention of Automated uh, Data Processing, uh, we have our a legal framework that adopted the data protection rules from European Union. So, and all these uh, laws are quite clear in this sense that implementing of this type of bio mass biometric surveillance is not allowed. So, if we decide not to respect our laws, then this means that it's not just about uh, technology regarding surveillance, then this means that we are ready uh, to give upon, uh, you know, uh, struggles that we had for centuries when we fought for basic human rights and maybe to, to decide that maybe this is not for us, maybe we want to live in uh, some different types of society when maybe human rights are not the most important things that where maybe, I don't know, it's more important that, uh, you know, we have uh, a country and government that is safe and that is, you know, stable and that is, you know, uh, where citizens absolutely respect what the government says. So I, I think uh, I really believe that this is this is not possible. And I think that our government didn't really understand what they uh, signed upon. I did. I really think they didn't understand that we have the laws and that we have, you know, uh, obligations to our citizens and to, you know, international organization that this is, this cannot happen like this. Mm. Do you really think that that's the case so that they're being too, let's say, ignorant of all the consequences? Or is it more of a case of, because I see it uh, even in the European Union, I see uh, a certain fear or a certain, let's call it fear, uh, fear of, of being too harsh on, let's say, not only foreign actors, but being too harsh on, on technology providers to just ban it outright. So you see this, 
back and forth between the the good and the bad or trying to frame the the subject uh, in a in a positive light despite the fact that we can see numerous cases of this technology being used for as we mentioned before human rights violations and and stuff like that so is it is it really ignorance or is it more of a trying to be hip and trying to be in in line with with the times where you know the technology is still one of uh, main um, let's say drivers towards towards the future whatever that may be I mean I, I believe it's both I mean definitely our of our main agenda of our government is this digitalization so yeah this is what they're uh, their political agenda is to try to solve all these problems with technology because you know when you have the you know state of the art technology you can solve everything and yes this is part of the of the deal and they are trying to you know to uh, buy as many great technical solutions as they can uh, and uh, yes this is you're right they're trying to be let's say hip but ignorance is uh, in a sense that they are still not aware uh, what are the the problems and issues and not just in the practical sense i mean uh, but also in you know uh, a legal sense and they uh, how would i say this uh, uh, i, I I think they understand what technology can bring them. I mean, you know, it just you can control society much easier if you have this type of technologies. And this is not just like the case in the Balkans and in some, you know, countries that are authoritarian, you know. I mean, I, I believe this is, uh, you know, uh, completely in line with... Uh, uh, what all governments want. I mean, there is not uh, any uh, state in the world that didn't fail the test when they had this type uh, of tools for mass surveillance. I mean, we all, we all know what Snowden revealed, you know, how uh, US used this technology. And uh, uh, the case that uh, we talked so much about Snowden and U.S. is only because America is probably the only country in the world when you can talk about it, you know, we, we can only imagine what is happening, you know, in, in other countries. So, yes, I would say that it's inherent to, to countries to, you know, use this technology in a way that is, you know, completely against basic principles of human rights and uh, I don't have answer to that if you know what I mean so mm. uh, this is something that that is our our job to fight governments to use technology like this you know mm. and as I, and I'm trying to say it's it's not so important if this is Chinese technology or for American or, or whatever I, I, I would say that our government will always you know, misuse this type of technology and try to surveil people in unlegitimate ways. Mm. So, so what are some, um, let's say, what are some resistance, so to speak? So, the, your project is is focusing on 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 mapping out uh, physical location of these cameras to to try and obtain as much technical information about these cameras so you know what they're capable of and what can 
they be used for? Is there any other way to to tackle this this uh, techno deterministic spread of surveillance? I mean, there there are many ways. So first thing that we started is try to raise awareness and to gather community around this. I mean. Uh, as I said, the, the, the first time they uh, mentioned this, they were bragging about technology. They were just thinking that if they say that bought this, everybody will be so happy about this. And uh, it is interesting, uh, We Belgrade and Serbia, we are post-socialist country. So in a way, we for a long time lived in uh, societies where, let's say, privacy was not the like main... Uh, that we talked about but but there is but which is interesting we also lived in in society that we were always afraid of um, of these secret services that are maybe surveilling uh, citizens and so on so, so on and i think this helped us a lot and uh, uh, it was interesting because uh, we are always talking about some uh, 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 you know, risks of technology, and it's really difficult for people to understand that. So if you tell them, you know, Facebook and Google are tracking you, and there are some cookies and all the data that you leave on your computers or mobile phone, they cannot comprehend this. But in this case, they can see these cameras around the city. They can see their uh, uh, they're putting on their corners every day and this was like the spark when people could understand that this is really problematic so it was uh, not so difficult for us to gather community and uh, and and to raise awareness and since then uh, our police just took another let's say uh, turn so they're just not talking about this at all anymore so first they were bragging now they are completely quiet and just are implementing cameras, hoping that we, this will not become the the big issue. Uh, other other tools for fighting are legal ones. So we uh, luckily Serbia adopted new law on data protection. Uh, I, I usually call it uh, uh, Google translation of GDPR, which was you know maybe not the best uh, legal techniques, but we now have in our legal system the you know uh, golden standard at, at the moment. And there are some interesting you know articles. For example, uh, there is a necessity for police now to make this data protection impact assessment. You know to assess what are the risks, risks for human rights and way to mitigate them. And our police already twice did this uh, uh, impact assessment and our uh, data protection authority for, for the second time now rejected this document and said that biometric surveillance is not in line with our legal framework. Uh, you know, so also we did a lot of research uh, to understand how this technology works. So, as I said, our police never gave us any information, but Huawei, who is selling this technology, was, you know, uh, happy to share some information, not with us directly, but they had their website and there is all this technology they're basically selling. They, you know, want uh, as much as people to know for this. So, we, this was the way we... Uh, we did a, a research to get information from Huawei website. There was an interesting situation where we found on their website the case study of Belgrade. This was the first time that we got any information. And we 
uh, took this page and translated it into Serbian, you know, for our citizens. And it, it took less than 10 hours for Huawei to remove this page from their website. So someone from our police called them and they removed this, uh, this page. Of course, we archived it. You can find it to our website. Of course, you know, you cannot delete things from, from internet, but, uh, but it, it is interesting. Uh, so what are the latest things that we did? So uh, for us, it was super important, although we are from Serbia, non-EU country, it was super important that these issues are now very important in the European Union. So there are uh, many organizations uh, similar to ours, digital rights organization uh, in Europe fighting against this. Uh, so we are also part of European Digital Rights Network and uh, together with our partners we, we started this petition ban uh, mass biometric surveillance. So this is like a pan-European petition. So uh, I see this as an opportunity for us. So if Europe decide to ban my biometric surveillance on some level, it will be much easier for us in this fight because we will have something, you know, to uh, some some strong tool in our hands. Because if we are trying to be part of European Union's candidate, we cannot, you know, go below standards of the EU. Uh, and uh, at the end, so uh, what we started uh, just ten days ago, we started this crowdfunding campaign. So we're trying to, uh, you know, uh, raise some money from uh, concerned citizens. So I have to really say that for the last two years uh, that we are dealing with this issue, we didn't receive any funding from any donor. Uh, we tried uh, regarding this initiative to stay independent because, you know, we see this geopolit geopolitical struggle and war and we don't want to be part of this. We are trying to be... You know, uh, we try to protect our citizens from all these uh, risks. So uh, everything that we did was done on, you know, initiatives or, or, and free work of, uh, concern, of concerned citizens and us who are concerned about this topic. So now we are trying to get, you know, some raise some money from community just so we can continue this struggle. So I, I hope that uh, you can find you, your your um, uh, audience can maybe help us. Uh, I, hopefully you will have some, you know, links on your podcast. You can mm. donate on hiljadecamera.rs uh, or so on. Yeah. So, so, so that would be my my second question. You you've already mentioned being neutral or not caring where the surveillance is coming from. Surveillance is bad per se, uh, and you also mentioned I'm not going to say uh, issues with uh, financing these campaigns, but but I I, I often wonder about uh, again this connection between tech and and politics in a way that um, you know the the anti-Chinese tech would be most easily financed by the by the by the US and vice versa so so do you think um, moving on is it possible to separate politics from from technology in that way saying we're against all surveillance it doesn't matter who who does it or it doesn't matter where the tech is coming from we're against we're for the you know human rights and basic freedoms and and so on 
No, I mean, I completely agree with you. It's not possible, you know, to, to divide this. I, what, I'm, what I was trying to say is that uh, uh, technology per se can be neutral in a way that you can use it for this or, or for that. So what I was trying to say uh, with government that we have in Serbia, it would be the same if uh, technology from China or from US, you know, but it's definitely a, a politic is embedded uh, in the way that we make our technology. So uh, when we bought Chinese technology, it's not only the technology, it, it is this concept of technology and the way used because uh, technology is used in, the, in China in a ways that we don't want to we don't want it to be used in in our city i mean uh, although many let's say bad technology is made in us now you have so many city cities in us that uh, banned this type of technology starting with san francisco who banned uh, uh, biometric surveillance in public spaces, and then Boston and Portland, LA, and some other cities. So uh, I I believe that you know uh, in this uh, let's say battle we have much more allies you know in European Union and US uh, than in China. So yes, I mean politics and technology are you know uh, I would say you know. Two sides of one coin, but but uh, as I said, we are mostly concerned how our government will use this technology. But if we buy it from China, then it's not only technology that that we took. Yeah, I agree. Okay, okay. and and for the last part, uh, I know it sounds uh, really um, almost impossible uh, to have this type of discussion and then uh, for the last part say something positive about how things are going uh, especially in the 2020 with covid and, and stuff like that but uh, can you maybe can you maybe uh, can you maybe focus on 2021 and maybe underline some issues that will be uh, coming up in in the following months and everybody should or or everybody will will pay attention to them in a way that you know now we are focusing on facial recognition um what will be what will be um the issue 2021 oh, i don't know it's it's a difficult question i think facial recognition will be also uh really important not just in 2021 i think this type of technology we are going to deal with you know in decades to come you know so this is why i think it's important to take a stand in european union and i'm i'm if i want to be positive i am positive in a way that there are many concerns organizations but also politicians who understand how how this can impact our societies, you know. So now we, we got to the situation when everybody understands uh, what are the risks of using these types of technology. So I think that finally it's uh, high in the political agenda and now it's for us, you know, to to win this fight on, on the highest level because if we don't do that, then I don't know then dystopia is not so far away, you know. <laughs>
Okay. Uh, well, uh, I wish you all the best with with your campaign. We'll publish the link in in the notes of of uh, of this podcast episode. This is literally recording uh, almost live. Uh, today is 14 of December, and this is going out uh, tomorrow on the 15. Uh, thanks again for for dropping by. Uh, say hi to the rest of the crew, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much, Domen.